apply. Just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Intrepid Now Network. You know, when I scheduled this conversation, I wasn't quite sure where to slot it in the network. And so you know what we're going to do. We're going to put it everywhere. It's going to be Intrepid Business, Intrepid Lifestyle. It's going to be in the Intrepid You portion of our show site uh, just because I think this conversation is going to have applicability to every single one of us at every walk of life, whether we're just existing, whether we're trying to run a business and struggling. Uh, so I think this this conversation will apply to everybody in our network. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation. Say hello to my guest. Her name is Karen Berg. She is the author of a book we're going to talk about today, Your Self-Sabotage Survival Guide, How to Go from Why Me to Why Not. She's also the CEO of Comcore Strategies. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, the pleasure's mine. Thanks for carving out a few minutes to join us. Uh, <laughs> I really am looking forward to this conversation because Lord knows I have self-sabotaged myself plenty of times over my lifetime. So let's yeah. get into it. Before we do that, though, take a few quick seconds. Inform the audience a bit about you and your background. I am a motivational speaker, and I speak on topics of persuasion, communication, reinvention, and uh, I traveled the world working for the large uh, multinational corporations, preparing the C-suite and everybody down from the C-suite on how to be more persuasive and how to really brand themselves so that they stand out in a crowd because now in, with the big corporations, everyone's so afraid of being fired that people tend to hide. And I'm more about get out there and show your stuff and and be the best you that you can be. Outstanding. Well, Comcore Strategies, before we really get into the book, uh, take a few quick seconds, inform us, give us the 10,000-foot view of Comcore. What do you do? How do you serve your market? We uh, have been working with the, the large corporations for 30 years, and we tend to do mostly in-person coaching. Uh, we do uh, internet-purposed um, programs as well, but... Uh, people tend to need to really go on camera so they can see themselves. And all you have to do is give me you know, five minutes and uh, I put you on camera and we take a look at it and find out what it is that you need to be doing in order to excel. And often companies invite me in as a consultant when, <laughs> when everything else has failed, quite frankly. And it's a critical talent and sometimes people just can't get out of their own way. They are brilliant at what they do, uh, scientists, engineers, researchers, but communicating it so that 
the end user understands what it's all about is tricky for them. And that's where I come in. I help them learn how to tell their story and do it the best way they can. In this world that we live in, communications is so vitally important. And where I, I, I think poor communications are the cause of about 99.9% of the world's problems from geopolitics to business to personal relationships. Boy, it's such an important work. Appreciate everything you're doing there. All right. Thank so you. the new book. Your Self-Sabotage Survival Guide, How to Go from Why Me to Why Not. Boy, why did you have to write this book? I, well, I have watched people I've uh, been coaching um, be so brilliant in the incubation tank and then go out uh, on a big stage at a big conference or even in a small stage or even with clients, their own customers, and crash and burn. And I have to wonder why. And also, I'm also half of my life is in show business. I'm a, I'm a singer actor, and I watch performers, very good performers, who clutch in front of an audience. And you, what it is, as I've discovered, and I've interviewed hundreds of people over these last 30 years, is that we are pursued by our own demons. Uh, either the voices we hear in our head from what people have told us in the past. Uh, or our own self-doubting. So what I did with uh, Your Self-Sabotage Survival Guide, it's a long title, uh, is interview uh, 50 people. Half of them are leaders in the business world, and they are called words from the wise, and they're giving uh, expert opinion. And the others are stories of reinvention. And these are the people who have gone through the steps to really become, well, to find fulfillment, sorry, fulfillment, these are the people who have really gone the distance to find fulfillment. And my mission uh, through the rest of my life is to really help people find the fresh wonder. They get stale. They're afraid to move on. They're pursued by their demons. And they blame everybody except gripping the problem by the neck, wrestling it to the ground, and growing. So this is why this book was born. You know, listening to your introduction, Karen, uh, I hope I don't offend you, but I always bristle when I hear this the, the, the phrase motivational speaker because I and, and, and I've been guilty of this myself for most of my life where you go to an event or you have a conversation with someone and it's motiv- it's motivating. You come out yeah. of that interaction really fired up and yeah. and on and and ready to dive in and tackle the problems and you get back into the real world. And you just settle back into your usual routines. It's it's maddening. I, I can see it happen to not only myself, frankly, but to people that that I'm observing. And I, I, I've always I've always struggled with why does that happen. And and I and I think thinking about self sabotage it's probably why it happens because you're self sabotaging yourself. I mean, do you, do you? I mean, is, do you agree with that idea? Oh, I, I, I <laughs> absolutely agree with this. And what I always say when, when I'm out on a speaking assignment is that, you know, all of this is great and you're having a good time and you're listening and you're learning and you're trying things out, but none of this works unless you put it to the task of doing it. You can't wait until you have to speak before your boss before you, you really start to deal with the issues that prevent you from success. And that's why when I, I built the book, I built it in baby steps so that first they can figure out if they are self-sabotaging themselves. And listen, you know, we all do it. 
Um, uh, you know, it's like somewhat of an epidemic, even though that word is always overused. But probably about 85%, at least in my experience, people are sabotaging themselves. And most of them will blame the most ridiculous things. One person told me I was born in the wrong century. I, I can't possibly deal with this life here. And I'm saying, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> and they're, they're blaming their parents, heredity. You know, I'd have been a better dancer if I had been, you know, been more talented parents. We can't do that. We can't do that. So that's why I have the baby steps in the book. But you have to really put it to use and you have to continue to do that and to flex your muscles every single day past that big, you know, you can do it kind of seminar that people go to, and they go to them. Uh, but it's, there's no quick fix, although there are quick steps to get you started. And that's what I propose. This is probably an exercise that never ends, right? I mean, this is probably a battle that you will have to fight for the duration of your life. And I don't think, and that's not saying that in a bad way. It's a fight worth fighting, no doubt about it. And once you figure, as you said, you got to flex the muscle, you got to hone that muscle. But once you learn how to do it, then, but then that's when life changes, yeah? You have to keep exercising that muscle. And I, I, I have in the book, uh, the, you know, the goal beyond the goal, the, the, you know, then when. And the, the problem is with people who set a goal, and this I, I'm convinced is why there is so much regain of weight when people try to lose weight is that you reach that goal, I lost 40 pounds, and then they start eating again. Uh, so the goal beyond the goal, and here's a dramatic uh, example of somebody having a lifelong goal, and they did all the steps right to make that goal. This was a person who was a reporter, and he had his entire life wanted to win the Pulitzer Prize, and you know what? He did, and you know what happened then? He didn't have... Uh, another goal, and two years later he committed suicide. Oh. So I am I am on a mission <laughs> to help people. You when you meet your goals, continue on. And some of the reinvention stories in the book are people who are in their sixties. One is a Broadway uh, singer, and he says, "I I have to continue to work on my voice every single day because that's my livelihood. So you cannot you can't coast. Nobody can coast." You, you look at the doctors, the lawyers, all the people who are brilliant in their fields, and they're always researching, they're always taking classes, they're always staying relevant. And that's a key takeaway uh, in life from my book and, and in general, is that we have to continue to stay relevant. All right. Karen Berg will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Miles Finch Innovation, LLC, a creative consultancy that is passionate about ideas, imagination, and facilitating a culture of innovation. Miles Finch Innovation helps companies navigate the messy territory of corporate innovation. They're strategic thinking partners who can help you get unstuck and identify creative solutions to your toughest challenges. They also love to train and speak on the subject of creative leadership. Learn more about how they can help you at milesfinchinnovation.com. Miles Finch Innovation. Idea-centric. Strategically driven. Humanly conscious. All right, I'm back with Karen Berg, the author of Your Self-Sabotage Survival Guide. Boy, 
Karen, during the break, I, I was really thinking about this idea of the goal behind the goal because I think that's where most people fall short is, yeah, we all set goals and a lot of us reach those goals, but we don't know where to go from there. We haven't really thought that far ahead and that's where we stumble. It strikes me that could be an alternative name for the book. And and I, when I think back on where I failed, that's that's my problem. And I think that's part of the problem in our culture is that we don't think that far ahead. We we we. I think one of the reasons that I self sabotage myself is is I'm thinking too short term, and and I'm not thinking long term. People who I I see and observe are very successful. They have a ten year, twenty year plan. That's another way of saying, you know, they have goals beyond the goal. It, 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 I guess another way I want to ask the question is, why? Did, there's plenty of thought leadership. There's plenty of literature. There's plenty of motivational speakers such as yourself out there talking to us about how not to, quote, self-sabotage. Yet it still happens. Why does it happen? How, how do we break that cycle? Well, I, I know people's eyes will roll when I say I find it important to keep a journal and uh, and I mentioned this throughout the book, and that the one way to get started is you know you're listing uh, what's not working in your life, what's uh, what's not working in your business, in your personal life, in your community, with your social life, and then start to list why and how, and then you keep, you're keeping a record of this through you can keep this the rest of your life and go back and review it time and time again, and that's how people can keep themselves grounded. Once they have gotten through the whole self-sabotage survival uh, element of that, and they move on into reinvention, that's where they have to continue to say, okay, look how far I have come. And I believe people should reward themselves along the way. Not extravagant gifts, but, you know, manicure or, you know, have a nice dessert if you if you can and if you're not on a weight loss diet but it's important to reward yourself and to um, honor yourself and that gets me into a point that uh, I make in the book and I, I believe it on such a fundamentally personal level is that we have to rid our lives of our of the toxins and people think when you say that um, the obvious overeating smoking uh, drinking too much that kind of thing or pollution I'm talking about people in your life and uh, there's a segment in the book where I, you know, I say I want you to list the, the key people in your life. How do you feel about yourself before you're with them, when you're with them, after you're with them? And if that person makes you feel bad about yourself, well, you, I'm not suggesting that people divorce their parents or you know, get divorced from their spouse or impulsively yell at their bosses, but you've got to remove the power that these people have over you. And if you can do that, you're going to stop hearing those voices in your head, which is what takes us down the path of self-sabotage to begin with after we've reached our goal. It starts that cycle, happens over and over again. As a matter of fact, in the book I have the cycle of self-sabotage, and it really is uh, like a crisis. You know, you have the warning signs. Uh, you, if you're an actor, you can't make it through an audition. Okay, you've got to figure out that's a warning sign. You need to get some help with that. If you are uh, interviewing for a job and you crash and burn during interviews, you've got to analyze this. And then the part, next part of this, you want to take the, from the warning to resolution, get, get the remedies in place. Otherwise, it becomes chronic. And that's where this keeps going on and on and on. So understanding what it's about 
getting the people to help you. I believe in a buddy system. You can have therapists, and they're probably very helpful, but I call them SPARK buddies, and it's an acronym, and it stands for Strategy and Purpose and Analysis, Rehearsal, and Commit. But these are the people. They don't have to necessarily be your best friends or your husband or wife, frankly, probably better if they're not. But they're the people who motivate you, and they kind of hold the map as you're taking this journey. And they make you accountable, but they do it in a nice, kind, non-demeaning way. And I have a whole segment about how to ask uh, the buddy questions, um, open-ended questions, not closed-end questions, and so that you are in a partnership. Uh, but you, And they don't have to be even people you know. You might admire the way a person you know, gets great uh, performance reviews at work, and if you're not in competition for the same promotion, ask, how do they prepare? People love to talk about themselves and what they do and offer advice, as long as it's not threatening to their own survival. Karen, if you've been listening to you on this broadcast, you you have, throughout the, the duration, answered this question. But let me ask this question again anyway, because I think it's worth summarizing and, and making this very, very clear. There's probably plenty of people listening to this who say, oh, no, no, I don't self-sabotage myself. But you know that they really are. What are the, what are the clear signs, and how do you know that you're sabotaging yourself? Well, I have um, a reality check <laughs> in the book, and it's really 12 questions, very simple questions um, from, you know, how many things you have on your to-do list. You have more than 10 things. And, uh, you know, I answer them, and they go down, and I'll say that. And, you know, when you have a big project ahead of you, like you need to something like cleaning out a closet. How many people have to clean out a closet? They open the door, they look at it, and go, <laughs> oh, never mind. And they go back to bed and put the covers over their head. <laughs> and so there's an easy way to find out if they are sabotaging themselves without, you know, going through years of analysis, although some people might find that helpful as well. But this is very practical down-to-earth information and tips for people to just get started. It's getting started. That's the problem. And when people say, oh, yeah, I I know I procrastinate. All right. What is causing that? And many people have said, well, you know, my mother always said I could never get anything done. I guess she was right. That's such a cop-out. What I don't want to see are these people in their 80s and 90s, alone, depressed and angry and miserable in a nursing home when they could have done something about it when they're 40. So there is the reality check, and then I have the answers for them. And if you have more than 10 things on your to-do list, well, you're sabotaging yourself. How can you possibly every day get through all of these unless you have something so simplistic like brushing your teeth, or you wouldn't have that, but if you have so many tasks on your list, and let's say that you're a a parent, you have kids to take care of, you've got all these other forces, you're not going to be able to do that. So simple things can help you stop that cycle. All right, I'm making a note here. I am not showing Karen my to-do list. Okay. (laughs) Well done, Todd. You know... Karen, I look. I believe strongly in this. Uh, I don't know if it's a cliche, but but the the concept where you are the average of the five people you spend the the most time with, and that speaks to uh, if those people are toxic, it could explain mm-hmm. a lot of things. 
it, and it's easy to say on a radio show, it's easy to write in a book, get rid of the toxins out of your life, but it's, it's really hard to do that. Do you have any advice for someone who, if they have a toxic, a toxic person in their life, how do you, how do you, how do you begin that process of extricating yourself from that relationship? Well, uh, one, if they can work uh, and get this done by themselves to really do the, you know, how do I feel before I see this person? How am I when I'm with that person? How I am after that person? And what is happening to me? Do I shut down? Do, we, do I fight back? What, do you like yourself after you've been with this person? And if the answer is no, then what, what is that person doing to you that is shutting you down or making you lash out? And you have to remove the power. Don't engage in that person's energy. And that takes work. And that takes a lot of self-talk. And it takes writing down. Uh, that's why I do like a journal. And I believe actually writing uh, it with a you know, pen or pencil rather than typing it or doing an audio record because your brain will remember it and you can change habits by doing it that way. Uh, but you have to separate yourself and just say, you know, that person uh, is not going to have the effect on me as he or she used to. And the other one is this chronic grieving that people go through. I don't mean necessarily about a death of someone, but people can spend the rest of their life just grieving about that. So I really suggest just that they put a timer on it and there you know there are triggers for grieving and and it's not about death necessarily but it could be that you have been the expired relationship with a friend and you don't know what happened and you can fixate on it and fixate on it and compulsively go over what you did wrong you probably didn't do anything wrong but somehow you aren't serving their needs anymore and maybe they just have broken all conversation with you and i know so many people that this has happened to but i believe you know grieve but then move on in the same way if you've lost your job uh, or lost any kind of an opportunity. And I know a man in his late 60s who missed an opportunity 40 years ago when he was living in Paris, and he has never allowed himself to get over it. And it, and it, it shines all over him, this feeling of woebegone. Uh, <clears throat> and I say, you know, this is what you have to do. You have to figure out what is it serving you? How is it serving you to continue this way? And they can never answer it. It's become too much of a habit. So now let's change the habits. Gosh, I, I, I'm guilty of that idea myself. And like you, I know a lot of people who've gone through it, but I've never thought of it as called chronic grieving. That's a that's going to make me. Uh, that's going to keep me up tonight as I think through that idea a bit more. We're about out of time, Karen. Uh, I, I want to close with one more discussion. Uh, the, in essence, the book is trying to help people reinvent themselves. And if I walk up to some guy and say, "Hey, you need to reinvent yourself," he's likely to say, "Oh, gee, Louise, I, I, I don't know how to begin. That sounds overwhelming. I don't know that I can do it. I think that's going to be too much work. It's going to be hard." And so they'll just stay in their routine. How do, what are the key steps to just kind of beginning that process? And what does that really, really mean, reinventing yourself? I don't think it's as complex, not easy, but it's not as complex as probably people think it is when they hear that phrase. Well, what has been um, your uh, place of calm and your place of wonder 
I, I love the term fresh wonder. I want people to find that. And if you have been told, like I have an example of reinvention in, in my book of a, of a guy who was told his whole life that he was a terrible singer. His mother, in fact, would say, if you don't stop singing, I'm going to turn off the radio. So he went into banking, became a banker, was miserable. And one day he was sort of humming down when he was walking down the halls of the bank and someone said, my goodness, you have a beautiful voice. And he nearly, he said, what? You're talking to me? So little by little he started thinking and uh, he went and on a whim auditioned for Boston Conservatory. And you know what? He got in. And now he travels the world performing in, in you know, and getting paid, by the way, and getting paid well. So it's listening to your heart. What is it that makes you happy? Uh, and you can you can do this, but you have to take action. And I have some you know, tips within the book. First, you've got to figure out what's stopping you. That's the self-sabotage part. Taking away the power of the people who keep putting you down. And then figuring out what do you want to accomplish. Now, obviously, you have to be realistic. If you were 50 years old, you're not going to suddenly become a, a prima ballerina. But you know what? You could become a competitive ballroom dancer. If you're, if, you know, if you're talented and graceful and you love it, why not? And on that note, we'll wrap this conversation. I can't think of a better place to end it. Karen, it's been a real pleasure to have you. Before I let you go, where can people go to get in touch with you, learn more about your work, and most importantly, get their hands on this book? Actually, I would love to hear from people because I'm going to continue on writing about reinvention. Uh, but I'm uh, my email address is kberg, B-E-R-G, at comcorestrategies.com. Uh, and um, the, to buy the book, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, it's uh, at Barnes & Noble, it's on Amazon, uh, it's in brick-and-mortar stores, and uh, they can always get in touch with Career Press as well to order books if they wanted it for their, for their company or for friends and things like that. All right. Karen Berg, the CEO of Common Core Strategies and the author of Your Self-Sabotage Survival Guide, How to Go from Why Me to Why Not?, Karen, again, real pleasure. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. I appreciate it, Joe. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, Todd. All right. Well, that wraps this conversation. On behalf of my guest, Karen Berg, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on, uh, well, let's go through the list, Intrepid Business, Intrepid Lifestyle, and part of our Intrepid You series. I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on the Intrepid Now Network.